Welcome to episode two of Reach for More. I am your career mentoring host, Veronica Summer, and you have come to the place to be to become your most successful self and get some business inspiration. Looking at career challenges in 2020, I answer your questions right here every Sunday. Visit summertalent.com for your personal mentoring and send us your questions to office at summertalent.com to be featured on my podcast. Let's get started and rock your career. Today's topic is how to recognize if your boss is toxic and how to deal with them before they ruin your life. My dear, if you are here and asking yourself this question, then chances might be high that something is wrong. If you're not sure if your boss is toxic, but they are and you are being manipulated, then your mind is infected by the manipulation. But your subconsciousness is sending signals to your brain and maybe even to your body that something is out of order and not going the right way for you. If something in our lives is causing mental distress, it can have effects on our physical body. Um, And you might be feeling unwell, dizzy, lightheaded, and kind of have this feeling of living out of your skin. In that case... Get cozy in a comfortable place. Grab a glass of wine. If uh, you're actually doing fine with your boss, though, but you're just curious, uh, either way, do the same. Cozy and wine always works. (laughs) So if you are dealing with a toxic uh, boss, then something is definitely wrong. And there is either something wrong on the outside, so with your boss, or there's something wrong on the inside. And that can be your inner balance. The first work you have to do before you can analyze the outside is making sure that everything on the inside is in balance because it causes a lot of insecurity if you're not sure about your own behavior and don't have a strong mental stand. Um, A specialty of toxic people is grabbing the slightest insecurity that they can find and use it against you. And that happens to a lot of us, especially if we're dealing with narcissists and psychopaths and manipulators and people that have a lot of problems with themselves. So before we look at the different types of bosses, we have to look at the different types of you. And there is a lovely saying in the harsh German world, which is called, Zuerst die Arbeit, dann das Vergnügen. Which means, first work, then fun. Probably exists in English too, but German just gives it that nice, harsh, frightening tone. When we are stressed at work and we're dealing with a difficult boss, then we are mostly so exhausted that we don't have the energy anymore to deal with another emotional thing, you know, more emotional work once we get home or have some time for ourselves. We just want to kind of zone out. And I bet you're burning to know if your boss is crazy or not. I get it. We'll get there in a minute. The thing is, if I tell you if your boss is crazy or not, it will not help you. And I don't know your boss, so that would be unrealistic. But even if I would know, It is all about training your abilities to recognize these kinds of situations faster and to not get into them in the first place and to protect your emotional stability and inner strength. The easiest and most accurate way of working through a subconscious feeling is the ask and feel technique. 
If something comes to our mind, it is always connected with a feeling. Let's do a little test. Think about cake. Like what's your most favorite cake? Can you taste it in your mouth? Are you smiling? Hmm? See? Oh, now I want cake. Well, anyway, first, let's get the work done. If you have cake, then eat some cake. Eat some cake for me. So, <laughs> so what I want you to do is I'll give you some statements. And all I want you to do is focus on how your body reacts. You will most often also have a thought come to your mind because our mind is trained to answer and your mind will immediately have an answer or start looking for one. But that is not what I want you to focus on. We will be focusing on how you feel. Okay, here we go. I know what I need to be the most productive and I tell or show my boss regularly. How does that feel? Does that feel good, bad? Where can you sense it in your body? Next question, next statement. I receive the same chances as my colleagues. I receive guidance if I ask for it. I am paid what I deserve. My boss shares relevant information with me. My boss respects my time. My boss is reliable. My boss says thank you. I feel that I have a life outside of work. I feel that my accomplishments are celebrated. So feeling through these will give you some reflection on the current situation and gives you the chance to analyze if you have to be more proactive or might also show you that you are not being treated right and that also um, you might want to work on asking for guidance or if you have asked for it and you're you know you're not receiving any then this reflection will also give you some insights on that now even if you don't have an immediate feeling you know with these statements, it, it is okay. It's all about doing the work. Even if you don't notice anything right this moment, you have done 90% of the work by just diving into, into this. So work through these statements and, you know, maybe write them down, write in your journal if you feel like it, and you will see it will help you to become clearer with the situation. I like to do this because I think reflection is so important. No matter what situation we are in or what we're currently dealing with, we always have to look at ourselves first. As uncomfortable as that is, and we don't want to, but we really have to. And it's so important because working through our own blocks makes us stronger, it makes us more confident. And in everyday life, we don't waste micro moments on questioning ourselves our thoughts and our words, because we're confident with our standing and we know what we want to say and what we want to achieve. And that way we don't get insecure, especially when we're confronted with toxic people. So let's look at the toxic bosses. There are many types of toxic bosses. <laughs> Psychologists usually talk about seven to 10 different types of toxic leaders. I broke them down for you to the four most toxic types of bosses that can really make your life miserable. Let's look at them. Number one, the narcissist. 
What is a narcissist? I feel like we use this word so often and don't really even know what it means. So I did some research. Let me give you some insights. The ancient Greeks and Romans had a myth about someone who was obsessed with themselves. So this young man, um, looking for the love of his life, caught a glimpse of himself in the river, falling in love with it. He stared at himself for so long that he fell into the river and died. Since then, the narcissist flower marks the spot where he died, and that is why we call narcissists narcissists. So what makes a narcissist a narcissist? Well, they have some specific behavior characteristics. They mostly think they're smarter, prettier, and more important than everyone everyone else. They have a sense of entitlement, a lack of empathy, and need admiration and attention. There are three types of narcissists, the grandiose type, the vulnerable type, and the rarer but more dramatic form, the narcissistic personality disorder, which only one to two percent of population suffer from and are mostly men. Sorry, guys. The grandiose type is the most popular one and easy to recognize because they're very open and communicative, outgoing and talk a lot. You know, you can just tell they're all in over their head. We all know a person who is like that. And, you know, I remember my my beginning days of my career. I was working in HR, not in a leadership position yet. And I had a meeting with all the heads of the departments in the company I was working for um, back then. And I was sitting next to the head of marketing. And this sounds cliche, but it really happened. So somewhere in the middle of that meeting, I dropped my pen and I leaned down to grab it. And the head of marketing says, you should just stay there. You look much better from this perspective. And I was so humiliated. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. I was like stuck in that position under that table. And everybody laughed, mostly when, but also the woman. Everybody giggled. And, you know, still to this day, it's just accepted to make to make sexual jokes like this, uh, sexual jokes like this, and it's fine. But, you know, it wasn't funny. For me, it wasn't funny. It really hurt me. And this is another topic for another time, because we're getting into sexual harassment. And uh, you should really listen in next week, I will have a special guest, and we will be talking about sexual harassment at work. But for today, let's get back to our topic about toxic bosses. (laughs) And the narcissist. Um, you know, very often narcissism and sexual harassment are not that far away from each other. And I didn't say anything. I was 22 and I was overwhelmed. And now looking back, I should have looked at him and stood up and said, what did you say? Excuse me? But I didn't. And a lot of women still don't. And that is something we really have to change. So this is a good example of a grandiose narcissist. And if you are curious about the whole sexual harassment topic, then don't forget to listen in next week. Let's look at the other type of narcissists, uh, the vulnerable type. So people that mostly were locked up at home and were raised very 
strictly by their parents, um, you know, and didn't get out a lot, didn't get a lot of love, have tendencies to become vulnerable narcissists. They develop a behavior that doesn't seem like a narcissist in the first moment and know how to adapt and behave in a way that nobody notices what insecurities they have, but they do everything in the background to get the right outcome for themselves. So they manipulate people by making friends with them and taking advantage of their honesty and friendship. And this is actually almost the more dangerous type of narcissism, even if we don't think so in the beginning. So either way, the narcissist is a really dangerous type of boss. Why? Because for, you know, both types, they can really ruin your life. And the only thing that can save them is an honest reflection of their own behavior. They need a mirror, but they very often will react aggressively if you question their view of themselves. And it is mostly effective if it really comes from a therapist. Um, It is almost impossible as an employee and for anybody if the person is not really willing to look at their problems in the first place. So what can you do? What the only thing you can do is to take action. It is really the only effective thing to do and the only thing that might change a narcissist that um, that you know that you hold up that mirror. By not doing anything, you will suffer and nothing will change and You know, if you say something and take action, at least you are the one taking control over the situation. Narcissists need to learn what consequence means and that if they go on with their behavior, there will eventually be nobody left around to tell them how great they are and lift them on a pedestal. So be prepared for high resistance and defense, but um, for your own sake, it's honestly the only thing that that you can do. Toxic boss number two, the dipper. Have you ever met this kind of person that is in a leadership position and you think, oh my God, how did this person get here? No skills, no knowledge, and basically a total lack of everything anything you would need for that position. Of course you have. The dippers are well known in the leadership world. (laughs) Do you know how they get there? They get there because they are dippers. Those are the type of people that get on your back in the water, push you down, and while you're trying to gasp for air, they're riding on your shoulders showing everyone how easy it is to be a boss and how awesome they are. You know, honestly, I see this happen over and over again. And you know whose fault it is? The person underwater putting up with it. But you know why? Why do they, why do they put up with it? Because threats can go far. And someone telling you that you are only in the water because of them can be intimidating. But let me tell you something. If you are in the water, then you have the right to be. And you would be doing a thousand times better if there were no one pushing you down. The only reason this is happening is because these people that are being pushed down by a dipper just very often don't have the confidence and the trust in themselves. How can they? You know, if you never go out in the water alone and and see what happens, then how can you have that confidence? 
Um, it's, it's something I keep on telling my clients that are in situations like this. You must not forget that you can swim because you're holding someone. So alone, you will be just fine. <laughs> um, but why else do people like this rise above everyone else without knowing what they're doing? It is normal social behavior that we search for hierarchy. And if someone is bold, has a healthy ego and a sense of entitlement, in the first moment you think that you found this perfect leader, but actually you found your perfect dipper. Dippers demand and use their employees as slaves. Don't forget, if a boss demands something from you, then it is because they cannot do it by themselves. It is your choice if you want to follow that or not. One mantra I give my clients is to practice expecting that your boss is a role model and sets examples instead of demanding them from you. Now, of course, you're hired into a certain role with a certain expertise and your boss doesn't have to master all the skills that you do, but they have to respect your skills and not demand things from you. You know, in my early 20s, I was a project manager for the ISO and I had a couple of bosses throughout those five years and one of them was the typical dipper. She had no experience, studied till she was 35 and thought she ruled the world. A common problem with people that haven't had to do any physical work till the age of 35. But anyway, that's a topic for another time. She asked me to do the seminar plan for the upcoming year, including the budget planning and put it in a presentation. And of course I, I did. And she took it, put her name in the signature and submitted it to management. Oh, and she was smart enough to copy the entire team into the email. So when I confronted her about stealing my work, she said she never took anything from me and who I think I was accusing her of such a thing. She wanted to clarify this immediately and told me I will get fired if she can prove that I stole her presentation. So what happened is management came and asked for access to my computer which I gave them, finding the presentation, I hear Marianne screaming. He's like, see, see, I told you, she stole it and put her name under it. And I said, um, yeah, makes a lot of sense to take the presentation you shared in an email, put my name on it and save it on my desktop. But, you know, anyway, what happened is that management believed her. She was a good talker, well-spoken. She had all the titles in front of your name that you need to be taken seriously. And I didn't have any of that. Um, but, you know, I had one thing that she didn't have. I had a sense for justice and I knew that she didn't know what she was doing. So I said, um, I have another question. Making myself look even stupider in, in that moment. And I said, why do we have 12 quality management seminars planned for the next year? That makes no sense. And she said, we can look at that later. But I insisted that we clarify this in front of management because quality management belonged to my projects. And she said, yeah, you know, um, well, we can, we can cut out a few. This, this was just a draft. And 
she's trying to explain herself, but it doesn't really have an answer. And I looked at the COO and I said, a draft? We have a new version of the ISO 9001 quality management on our table, and we need a minimum of 12 seminars next year to be able to cover all the regions. But hey, Marianne should know what she wrote in her presentation, right? So she burst out in tears and quit. And of course, I felt sorry, but sometimes you have to stand up for yourself. You know, sometimes we we feel like those dippers are just smarter and, and very often they don't know what they're doing. Um, you know, and you might fail, it can happen. But if you never stand up for yourself, you're going to end up being a surfboard for the rest of your life. Next type of toxic boss is the head of kindergarten, Aka, micromanager. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, micromanagement is the new age disease of entrepreneurs. <laughs> that is the type one micromanager, the entrepreneur one. Good news with these ones, the disease is curable. Medication, build trust. So when entrepreneurs, you know, build a company and the company grows, but they don't learn to redefine themselves in that process, which they should because they're an important part of the company, they become heads of kindergarten, running after every single project, still stuck in the beginning days of when the company started and only had two employees. And you know why this is so dangerous? Because they think that they can do a lot of things better than the specialists that they hired. And that is number one motivation killer for any any employee, if your work is constantly being ripped apart. So what you can do with these types, if you are able to build trust with a head of kindergarten entrepreneur by taking over tasks without them noticing and them realizing that you worked it out without them. That is how you build trust with them. And, you know, in 90% of the cases, um, this is the only way how it will it will work. Because those entrepreneurs, you know, they, they built something by scratch by themselves. They maybe think they maybe thought they weren't capable of it, but then they did it. And then they just want to have control over everything. And if they see that they can trust you and, you know, within your, of course, within your area, like I'm not saying go approve things that, that you're not allowed to step into just, but within those boundaries, you can, you can really build trust with them. And then there's micromanager number two, which we also call, I have been here forever, longer than you. I have more experience. I don't trust anyone because, just because, and you have a lot to learn. So you must do everything I say. What you have to understand is what they're actually saying is, I don't know how this works. You are younger and smarter than me and I feel intimidated by you. So that is why I don't let you do anything on your own because that would make me look stupid. In this case, what you have to do is just do it on your own. Um, you know, talking about it will not change anything. You just have to do it. Go to the edges of your boundaries. So, you know, it's it's the same thing as with the with the entrepreneur micromanager and you 
you know, so and go to the edges of your boundaries and get shit done. And then approach your boss and show them what you worked on. And, you know, you can add something to the end of your presentation, like I really work the most efficient if I have the freedom for creativity and to work on things like this for the first steps alone. Um, but, you know, it really depends who you're dealing with. This type number two of micromanager is more likely to be uncurable. And they're usually personally and emotionally way too involved in their position or in the company. But, you know, if, if you're in a position that you really care about, if you're in a company and a job you really care about, then you can definitely give that a try. And it is for sure a type of toxic boss that you can handle. The pigeon comes in and shits on everyone. <laughs> True story. Happens every day. This one has way too much going on in his head, is always busy. You have the feeling they're never actually working or doing anything. Talks on the phone all day, uses important words that mean nothing. Has a big vision. What you can do, ask yourself if you really want to work someone like this. You will never be appreciated and nobody will notice if you're cleaning up their shit or not. Second thing you can do is ignore. You know, they usually just come in to dump their shit and actually forget most of it. You are smart enough to know if this is relevant information or not. Good news, pigeons don't live very long. And these overly stressed bosses live a lifestyle that will eventually affect their health. And if you have a boss that is all of those four in one and you're unhappy, then run. <laughs> no, honestly, really consider if this is worth it to you. You know, is the company and the position you're holding and the money you're earning really worth it if... You're ruining your own mental and probably also physical health and having no balanced life. It isn't. It really never is. And it is not your job to fix your boss. And the number one cause of stress at work is according to a recent Forbes Workplace Trend article, is your boss, is your direct manager. And stress at work is on the rise. And a recent survey from uh, Kim Ferry, which is mentioned in this Forbes article, it reveals some interesting facts. You know, 35% of respondents say their main cause of stress at work is their boss. And, you know, that... In the last three decades, workplace stress has risen by 20%. I am saying this because I think a lot of people think they're alone and think they're the only ones feeling this way and they feel too weak. And in a lot of workplaces, the pressure that is being put on employees because of incompetent management and incompetent leaders is ruining a lot of productivity. 66% of people lose sleep because of work-related stress and 16% quit because stress becomes too overwhelming. 
And you might say, you know, what is 16%? But it's too much. 16% is too much. And a new study of the World Health Organization shows that depression and anxiety disorders cost the worldwide economy $1 billion worldwide every year. And we have to take this seriously. You know, it is time to take this seriously and to understand that you don't have to be in a position like this if you're dealing with a toxic person. There are many great companies. There are many great leaders out there that will actually promote you and and promote your personal development. There is no reason for you to be stuck with a narcissist or a dipper or a pigeon because quite frankly, all you're doing is you're supporting their illusion. And that's just not, not helpful. And you know, I just watched a video today where Congresswoman uh, Ocasio-Cortez talks about why billionaires are billionaires. And she says it's because they take money, they don't earn it. And you know, that is also true with a lot of these types of, of, of toxic bosses. They take away your work. They don't earn it from you. They take it away. And, quote, she says, they take it from modern day slave wages and in some cases real slave, real modern day slavery, depending where you are in terms of food production. And she's right, you know, she's really right with, of course, this is a little bit of a different thing because we're talking about money and, and, but it's about these type of people, these type of bosses that take advantage of, of other people. And mostly it's because those other people just think they're not worthy enough. And that really has to stop. <laughs> and, um, you know, people are overly stressed paying for the relaxation of others. Not okay. And the only one that can stop it is is us and is you. And it's just not worth it. Anyway, I hope that you enjoyed sticking around with me today for the toxic the toxic boss analysis. <laughs> uh, what I'm going to do next week is I'm going to do a six-day toxic boss detox challenge and uh, you can follow me on facebook for this i'll be uploading um, a video one video a day and if you have any questions you can just send them right on facebook i hope this served you thank you so much for joining me today uh, and being here for another episode i'll hear you next sunday send me your questions to office at summertalent.com and visit Facebook, that's Summer Talent Global. And for personal mentorings and online courses, head over to summertalent.com. Thank you so much for joining me again. Stay awesome, rock that career, and hear you soon.